Welcome to the Fred Dojo Podcast, the place where pro guitar players share their secrets. Visit www.freddojo.com to access online courses and free resources to take your guitar playing to the next level. It's great to have you back for another Fret Dojo podcast episode where we're all about taking your jazz guitar playing to the next level. In today's episode, Carl Orr has the pleasure of interviewing Sydney based guitarist Jeremy Sawkins. Jeremy has been an active member of the Australian jazz community since the early 1980s. As well as being a composer and band leader, Jeremy has shared the stage and recording studios with many notable musicians. Having performed all around Australia, he has also performed in Europe and Asia. After graduating from the New South Wales Conservatorium of Music in 1984 with an Associate Diploma of Jazz Studies, Jeremy joined his late former teacher, Dr. Roger Frampton, in the band Intersection. The band performed in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. They recorded one album, independently released by Frampton, called A Breath of Fresh Air. Since then, Jeremy has led many of his own groups, his current being Jazz Organism, the Jeremy Sawkins Trio and Quartet. All groups have had many performance opportunities in Sydney and Ireland since 2003. Jeremy has been with the ARIA award-winning jazz world music group Wanderlust since 1996. He has toured Europe twice with the group, performing at the prestigious Montreux Jazz Festival and the JVC Jazz Festival in Rome. In 1999, the group toured China and Japan, performing at the Beijing and Shanghai International Jazz Festivals and the Sweet Basil Jazz Club in Tokyo. You'll really get to know Jeremy and his love of music in this episode. He shares a great couple of tracks and demonstrates some great reharmonization and substitution techniques used in his music. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, welcome to the Fret Dojo podcast. My name is Carl Orr. I'm the artist in residence. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking to a good friend of mine, a great guitarist uh, who's had a very interesting and uh, very diverse life as a musician. Um, uh, please uh, welcome uh, Jeremy Sawkins. Hi, Carl. Nice to see you. Yeah, you, know, you too, mate. So, um, yeah, I've known Jeremy since 1983 when I first moved to Sydney. Oh, right. uh, Yeah, we jammed <laughs> at the house of the unfortunately deceased um, Mark Riley with uh, Steve Hunter. Oh, right. Let's go back to the beginning. So where were you born, Jeremy? Um, oh, well, I, Sydney, Sydney originally. Grew up in Kellyville, which is sort of, you know, out in the sticks. It's sort of, it was very semi-rural in those days. Where's that? Kellyville, you know, out past is that out? Parramatta Way. Oh. Yeah, sort of oh. Castle Hill, oh, okay. northwest, you know. Oh, so it's northwest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah so it was kind of semi-rural. Um, it was there for about... Eight, the first eight years of my life, and then, <coughs> excuse me, moved to Manly. Oh, and posh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> by the sea, and that was fantastic. Yeah. You know, that was kind of Manly was a pretty wild place in those days, and then yeah. and then from there to Bondi, which was even more wild. Oh, right. And uh, yeah, 1971 in Bondi, and the good thing about Bondi was though there was a lot of young guys that were interested in music. You know, there's yeah. a lot of a lot of um, 
great musicians sort of were around, you know, either at, at my school or, you know, in the local high schools or there was plenty of bands around. You know, guitar players like the uh, Dave Smith, Tony Bernard, you know, my older brother. Oh, right. My older brother. Oh, you've known those guys since you were a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, Peter, Peter right. O'Mara, you know, another Bondi guy. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... And um, and I met a lot of those guys through my older brother, who was a guitar player as well. Mm. So um, yeah, it was it was great. It was an exciting sort of period of, of um, for music, I reckon. I, I mean, there was so much happening in music anyway, and you know there was there yeah. was a, a, a good buzz around a local buzz, you know, with the young guys um, copying it and passing it on. Dave Addis, of course, you know. Oh right. So I met him in. 1975. He was in my high school. Wow. He was 13, and wow, you know, okay. I was 15, and we put a band together. So um, oh. and became good buddies, you know. But but of course he was a drummer then. Dave Dave Addis is a oh right a saxophone player. For those who don't know, he uh, <clears throat> hmm. fairly influential Australian saxophone player who unfortunately passed away about five years ago or something, I guess. Hmm. But um. Yeah, so it was, you know, I'm sort of grateful for that period of my life, I think. Sounds like a fantastic time. Yeah, so um, how old were you when you started playing? Probably 15, seriously. Right. I mean, you know, I had a, had a couple of instruments floating around before that, but um, I think I think the point where I put first joined a band, that's kind of, that marks the, the start of, me wanting to be a guitar player and um so that was a rock band yeah yeah well that was that was a, a quartet with dave on drums dave addis and a, a guy called tony on bass played a beetle bass and a, his yeah. girlfriend the singer yeah and the ba- the band lasted for a little while until they broke up as a, as a couple yeah <laughs> As happens, <laughs> teenage teenage heartbreak. So we did a yeah. we did a couple of gigs like they're just sort of local Jewish dances because there's a lot of yeah. a lot of Jewish kids in the area. Yeah, and um, Dave's brother was putting the gigs on. He was a bit entrepreneurial. Sam, Sam yeah, Sam, Sam was running. You know Sam, yeah. yeah. Sam, Sam mm. was running. My wife is very good friends with Sam. Oh really? Yeah, he's a great <laughs> yeah. guy, Sam. He's, mm. You know, I bump into him occasionally. He lives in Coogee, doesn't he? Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, I still okay. see him occasionally, and you know, we, we always got on. And he was a friend. He yeah. was a friend of my brother's too, Sam. You know, they were, oh, they right. were in high school together, okay. so you know, mm. there's, there's that whole sort of connection. Yeah. Okay, so that's very interesting. So, and what about your musical education? Did you um, you must have taken lessons, did you? Or? Yeah, well, I went to George Gola. In um, no, oh, really? 1976. Great Australian jazz guitarist. He is indeed. And I spoke to him last mm. week. I'll tell you about that later. Did you? Yeah, yeah. So is, was George living around in the eastern suburbs? I, I don't know where he Sydney. was living, but he was teaching at the, um, it was called the uh, Academy of Guitar. It was in Bondo, in oh, right. down at South Bondo in the back, back streets, so Castlefield Street. And wow. uh, Wally Wickham lived next door and... Don Andrews was running it, of course. Oh, right. George was the sort of the expensive teacher. He was the one that yeah. charged $7.50 for a half hour. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
So, uh, so it's John Andrews and George and... There was Peter Andrews, who was Wally a class, yeah. classical player. I don't know if Wally was teaching there, but he did live next door. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, but Don was, Don was you know, te- doing most of the teaching there. And, oh, okay. And, um, you know, I mean, I guess I went to George Goller because I heard that he was the best teacher around. Everyone went to him, you know, even though I didn't really know yeah. much about what he was doing. Yeah. At the age of 16, you know, so. So you were like a rock guitarist going in for jazz lessons? Yeah, it was kind guy. of fusion, already, already getting into yeah. fusion then, but. Uh, oh, okay. You know. And what was it that turned you on to jazz? You said you were interested in Al Miola and. All those fusion cats. John McLaughlin, yeah. Yeah. That, that was sort of the key to open the door. Yeah, sort it? of, yeah, because, you know, of course you start mm. to read their life stories and they, they talk about. You know, John talked about Tal Farlow and, um, yeah. and uh, you know, George Benson I sort of got into fairly young. He, you know, he was he had something going that was pretty impressive, you know. And then I had a couple of friends who were into the more mainstream jazz, you know, who were into Barney Castle and Joe Pass and, and those guys. And it, it took, yeah. took me a little while to sort of, you know, f- find a way in with that style of guitar playing because I... I looked at the covers and all I could see was old men sitting down playing guitar. <laughs> well, who are younger than we are now. Quite, probably quite a bit, bit younger than we but are. But they had now. such a conservative you mean, image, a, you know. Old, old man meaning like 38. <laughs> <laughs> and they played with these clean sounds, these unadulterated guitar yeah. sounds, you know, and I was, I was kind yeah. of used to... And they to, were sitting down as well. Oh, I know, and they had suits on, you know, like... They were, <laughs> <laughs> they look like our parents, you know. <laughs> so it took me a while to sort of, you know, con- connect with what they were doing. And also I didn't know the repertoire. You know, I, d- I yeah. didn't know standards. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd heard a bit of Sinatra when I was a kid, but, you know, it it, um, yeah. it wasn't, I wouldn't say jazz was a big feature in the, the Sorkins household when I was growing up. So, no. you know, it was definitely more of a Beatles um, household, and then you know Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, Jimi Hendrix, you know all that sort of stuff. Yeah, great stuff. Oh, absolutely. So okay, so you got into John McLaughlin and um, Al Miola and the fusion people. Yeah. Um, and then you then you got interested in in jazz. Yeah. And um, so what was there a particular Artist, jazz wise, the tenure was it a guitarist or did you hear? I reckon it? there was a few of them. Like, Look, it would have been, um, mm. I mean, obviously Coltrane, you know, who wasn't a mm. guitar player, but you know, Miles, you know, kind of blue. Um, that was a, a really easy way into jazz, that album. Um, yeah, I went and saw Stefan Grappelli with my father. In 1977. That's pretty easy to listen to. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> so he, he played at the town hall and he had John Etheridge in the band. Uh, well, I'm, I'm talking to John next week. Oh, brilliant. Actually. I'll say hi for me. a good friend of mine. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's, he's, he... So was it John Etheridge and Diz Disley? It was, the Diz Disley trio. Yeah. And John was yeah. really young and he was just, you know, shredding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he still is. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, um, but, you know, so I went with my dad, but the support act was Don Burroughs and George Gollum, just doing a duo. Oh, right. Yeah. So, um, you know, that was quite, it was probably a fairly significant um, 
gig for me. Also, because it was yeah. the one and only time I went out with my dad, <laughs> just the just oh, the two really? of us, you know. Yeah. And he passed away that year too, so you know, there's. Oh, I wow. guess I kind of attach a bit of a, you know, a bit more significance to that occasion, you know. Oh yeah. And I also oh. inherited a record off him, which was, you know, the John Burroughs um, quartet quintet quartet live at uh, Montreux. I've got that record, yeah, with Ed Gaston and George and Alan Turnbull. Great, very. In- anyway, sounds like you had a very interesting uh, time as a young man, and Sydney seems like it was a fantastic place to be a young musician in the in the seventies. Yeah, definitely. So, um, and you did you go on to study at the Sydney Conservatory? Yeah, ev- eventually. Yeah, I, I, I sort of um, I hooked up with uh, Tim Rollinson and Tony Buck and. Um, you know, we were sharing a house in Paddington in the early... I bet that must have been very elegant, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> we, had a, we had a pigeon living in the kitchen. <laughs> we adopted this pigeon called Doug. <laughs> <laughs> what, was Doug free to f- come and go? Yeah, but he yeah. sort of hung around and, and just shat everywhere, yeah, you know. Free food, I suppose. Free food. And, <laughs> you know, it was just, it was pretty vile, you know. Uh, you know. So you and Tony Buckingham, Tim Rollinson. Oh right, okay. And of course, Tony. Tony started having uh, um, Paris Green rehearsals in his front in his front bedroom. Did <laughs> so, he? Yeah, Phil St- was that with the uh, the rocker guitar player guy? Well, Phil Stone. What? Do you know Phil Stone? I don't know. Him. Oh, no. he's a oh Phil Stone. Yeah, you remember him? Yeah, he played in Airs Rock oh, no, for I'm a while. Thinking... You know, he was, he was okay. one of those real shreddy type players who. Oh, okay, so there really was, loud. <laughs> so they're rehearsing this re- loud rock band in Tony's bed. That's right, in the front room of the terrace. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, Tony was just so into his music. Everything else just took the back seat. All the sort of the whole yeah. the, the whole domestic thing just didn't get get a look in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, he didn't just sort of once a week roll up his sleeves and go, all right, let's deal with the, yeah. the kitchen floor then. Yeah, so let's clean up that, that pigeon time. shit. <laughs> Everybody loved Doug, uh, but nobody wanted to clean up after him, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you so you went to... So it was... Let's so get back and, that, yeah. that house was, you know, pretty funky sort of... You know, student style living. Literally, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But it was great because yeah. we're all into music. You yeah. know, we're all doing our thing and sure. You know, trying to survive yeah. and you know, the rent was twenty bucks each a week. You know, sure, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. but Tim had already been through the con when I went there, and Tony was, I think, yeah, or in there. He was already in the course. Okay, so who who were your teachers at the con <clears throat> in those days? Well, Sydney. yeah, um, George was teaching guitar. George Gola. Um, the best teachers were by far uh, Paul McNamara. Ah, oh, great guy. Wonderful guy, great musician, great pianist, you mm. know, and I'm still in touch with Paul. I yeah. still go and visit him when I go up the coast, you know. And, great. And, um, yeah. you know, got to play in his band a few years, just, yeah. a, you know, a few, few years ago. He had a trio and decided yeah. to augment it with guitar, but he still called great. it a trio. <laughs> <laughs> It's not called a trio if it's got more than three instruments I know, or, but or no, any other number than three. No one had the heart to tell him. 
<laughs> yeah, well, bless him. He just kept booking me, you know, and it's like the Paul McNamara trio plus Jeremy Sorkins, you know. <laughs> right. Let's just call it a quartet. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so, so that's great. So, you, you, well, getting onto that subject, so um, when you were younger, mm-hmm. like me, you, you must have, apart from playing with your friends or, or your peers, shall we say, mm. you must have done some playing with older people paying your dues as oh absolutely yeah 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 Yeah, so who did you do that with then well after i finished the con i got into roger frampton's band you know i heard oh what a great place to pay your dues oh absolutely yeah you know i heard that he was sort of sniffing around for a new guitar player Um, oh right i think guy strazillo had been in the band so when was this so this was uh 80 85 i reckon Okay. Yeah, because I finished finished the con so in '84, and then yeah, it was the next year pretty much. Okay. So um, great. And John Bartram was playing drums, and Gary Holgate was playing ah, the bass, and you know, great. I was kind of good mates with John, and <clears throat> John probably yeah. put a word in for me. And I mean, I, I mean, I'd been learning from great. Roger at the con anyway, so he knew me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a great guy, Roger. Frampton. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And we got on really. You know well. what I liked about Roger Frampton was the more you just did your own thing. Yeah. The more he liked you. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The only th- the only bit, bit of advice I think he ever gave me was just to sort of wrap up the solo a bit sooner. <laughs> like like <laughs> try and taper it off, you know what I mean? Don't just play right up until the next solo. But uh, Yeah. It, oh, okay, just how you finish the solo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's good advice. Oh, though. totally, yeah. So let's have a listen to something okay. then. Okay. Um, so over the years, you've uh, acquired an interest in in uh, harmon, uh, well, accompaniment. Yeah, and you I guess become so. very very accomplished at um, accompanying, I suppose, mainly singers. So we're going to have a listen to a track now, um, Nature Born. Yeah, and can you just tell, like, just a brief explanation? Okay, so this is with a local singer, Trish Delaney Brown, and. Um... Her claim to fame is that she was one of the um, founders of the the idea of North, which is a vocal ensemble that's been around for a long time and, um, you know, has sort of uh, had a lot of accolades, done a lot of stuff. Um, She did leave them a long time ago. But anyway, she's a very accomplished singer. Um, She was doing some post-grad study a couple of years ago and decided to record a whole bunch of duos. So um, she asked me to come into the studio um, and do this one with her. Okay, so this is Trish Delaney-Brown with uh, Jeremy Sawkins doing a version of uh, the classic Nature Boy.
day, one magic day, he came my way. And as we spoke of many things, fools and kings, this he said to me. Spoke of many things, fools 
very strange and gentle boy. You say he wanted very far, very far over land and sea. A little shy, a little sad, oh my. All the very wise, very wise was he. One magic day came my way, and as we spoke at many things, fools and kings, this he said to me the greatest thing you ever learned is just to love and be loved in return. Okay, so that was uh, Trish Delaney Brown and Jeremy Sorkins, uh, their take on Nature Boy, which have got some very uh, interesting uh, reharmonization from from Jeremy there. Um, so I always think that reharmonization is um, an underrated art, really, isn't it? Yeah. Like, um, uh, you know, you can take a, a song and, I mean, what you do is you play more or less the original chords on the first time through. Yeah. But then as the song goes on, you do variations, but not to the point of wrecking the vibe of the song mm. or, or even really uh, changing the flow of the chords too much, but just sort of bit of unexpected yeah. coloration. Could you, can you sort of show us the, the kind of thing that you would do? Sure. Like as far I as guess the I... harmonization goes, because I know this is your big passion, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I just find harmony fascinating on the, the guitar, you know, and I, hmm. I think I realised a few years ago that um, as a solo guitar player, like a linear guitar player, like there's been so many amazing guitar players that have played all these amazing lines already. And, sure, you know, yeah, I, I've got a lot left to do, <laughs> no, isn't there? You know, how can I follow, you know, Pat Metheny and Pat yeah. Martino and John Schofield yeah, Kurt and Rosenwinkel. Kurt Rosenwinkel and all those cats, you know, so... Um, yeah. You know, I was, at the same time, I was starting to develop a stronger <coughs> chordal vocabulary. So I thought, well... Can you give us an example? Sure. Okay, so... so well, maybe I'll just... Um, what I love doing is just pl- harmonising a melody to a jazz tune, right. you know. So I do something Fun, like, wonderful. you know... Um,
a little bit of... That's great, Jeremy. You don't know what love is. No, yeah, that's what it yeah. was, yeah. You don't know what love is. Yeah, I, I mean, I like the fact that you... you reharmonize a bit, but it's in such a way that it's not disrupting the the flow. And I mean some of some of it is just changing your um is playing inversions. This exactly. Like that, that's what I was gonna say. It's not really reharmonizing yeah. it for me. It's just yeah just playing inversions There's a couple or sucks, of good you know? chords there. That I mean I can't see your guitar neck, but you played this kind of D flat seven, D flat thirteen sharp ninth like with the two open the high E and oh, B this strings one. and then B flat on the go on yeah, on an A flat bass yeah so if I yeah nice swing, yeah so. lovely and yet, then you did like a nice in the same place the next time around you did like a major 7 oh yeah yeah like a, yeah oh that's nice man yeah I've never played that chord before you've taught me a chord <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you remember this one? <laughs> Excellent. That's that A flat minor yeah. nine. You remember that one? Oh, I love that. You, did I show you that or did you show you me know, you that? No, you put it on Facebook. You know, that was your chord. Your, your, um, oh, my foot chord of the yeah, day. Yeah, so, you know. Yeah, that's a nice chord, that one, yeah. Oh, did you use it? Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? I'm a master of home. Oh. Beautiful. <laughs> but, really wonderful. Well, it's so much fun, isn't it, you know? It is. I like the way you use the low <clears throat> strings a lot as well. It reminds me a little bit of Kurt Rosenwinkel, how he gets those low, like like all three of the low strings yeah. in the chord. I, rec- I mean, it doesn't sound like him, but it's got that low string slightly thuddy yeah, yeah. kind of texture. It's really cool. It's kind of like it's kind of like um fighting your way through potential mud. You know, like if you Yeah. If you don't hit it correctly, it'll sound like mud. So yeah. you've got to do a little bit yeah. of separation and pull back maybe a play play near the bridge a bit more, you know? Or that Yeah, that's a know, beautiful this, sound. I never I never do that. I tend to You know that yeah, I love those sort that. of inversions, you know. Beautiful. Love it. Yeah, man. Yeah, it always surprised me that it takes so long to get around to that. You know, like for myself, I've been exploring solo guitar as well. Yeah, quite a lot in the last uh, four, fifteen years or so. Yeah, but it took me until I was in my forties to go, "Wow, look what I can do!" Oh, I know. <laughs> what took you so long, man? What have you been I doing? Know, I know. You know. Well, I reckon you. Now I'm totally fascinated. Oh, by me too. It, well, I, I, last year I um I, I decided to make a solo guitar recording. You see, so great. I know you did one a couple of years ago too, didn't you? Well, I've I haven't done a solo guitar album. I've done an album with a couple of solo uh, yeah. guitar pieces on it. And I just thought, like I um. I wanted I wanted to do an album that people would actually listen to. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I thought, okay, I'm not going to have much improv, improv on it. You know, it's not going to be a jazz yeah. album. It's just going to be tune, yeah. tunes and really Arrangements, n- nice yeah. tunes, you know, with a little bit of improv, like always informed by that knowledge of improvisation yeah. and, and harmony. But um, 
you know, things like uh, Moon River, um, The Hills Are Alive with The Sound of Music. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, Richard Rogers. Yeah. Um, what else did I do? Angel Eyes, uh, mm-hmm. uh, My One and Only Love. Uh, so just these real beautiful melodies. Yeah, so I went to Italy. Right. I took a nylon string guitar with me. Oh yeah, you said yeah. And I where in Italy? Not that I know. Italy <laughs> well, where'd you go? it was a good plan. It was a two week venture. You see, so I, I um, the plan was to go to Daniela De Giovanni's house, and he was going to oh yeah down in on the coast away, coast of Tuscany. Yeah, well, yeah, I was supposed to go there for you know the second week of my trip and do this recording. Sure, and he disappeared. He, dis- huh? he got called on the road by Marcus Miller. <laughs> Oh right! Can you can you believe that? Yeah. You know, forsaken for Marcus yeah. Miller of all people. You know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I did I did trip around for two weeks and I was just practicing my guitar wherever I went. You know, I'd go and yeah. go and find a beautiful little Italian garden somewhere and just practice for a few hours, work on my tunes. Um, and then he promised me two days at the end of the trip. <laughs> yeah. And I went to his house and we set up some mics in in, in his uh, spare bedroom in the middle of the house away from the main road and put the mattresses yeah. around the doors to block all the, out, oh, the external right. noise out. I and, bet he got a great sound. Well, he, really. he did. I mean, he's, you know, he, he's such a good yeah. sort of technician. And um, mm. so I've got this recording, but it's not fully mixed yet, so I'm still working on it. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. So that's Jeremy Sorkin's solo guitar album, Coming out relatively soon, <laughs> and it's called yeah, it, it, yeah, correct? yeah, probably, and it's going to be called uh, something like Guitar for Insomniacs. <laughs> oh, that's good, yeah, because <laughs> it's the kind of album you put yeah. on at three in the morning when you can't get to sleep, yeah, you know, and you oh, okay. you want to drift off to or something. You could just listen to me talking. Okay, so send me a recording. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Uh, that's great. So I talked about solo guitar reharmonization, but I've always known you as a guy who plays in bands. Right. Um, played in lots of bands. Um, well, I followed you into Wanderlust well, with uh, Miroslav Yeah, Bukowski. Wanderlust, yeah. Um, yeah, so you're in that band. And um, you did more commercial gigs with Monica and the Mooches, weren't That's you? That's right. Yeah, I did that for a few years, and, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, anyway, lots of stuff. But you've, you've, you've done lots of things with your under your own name. That's as right, well, yeah. You? So let's listen to a track from uh, one of your band albums, this sort of organ quartet yeah. with organ, tenor, saxophone, drum. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Um, well, it sort of started um, back in about 2003 before I went to live in, in Dublin. Yeah. Uh, Darren Heinrich and I had been doing a bit of playing together and he was sort of getting more and more into playing organ. He's originally a piano, that, yeah. piano player. And... Um, mm. You know, we were sort of, <clears throat> excuse me, doing sort of funky type songs and, and a few standards and, you know, Jimmy Smith type tunes and that. And yeah. I've always loved the organ, you know, like, I mean, having sure. grown up <clears throat> listening to rock, you know. And <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, in this... Guitar and organ, though, it's oh. like fish and chips, isn't totally. it? Totally. <laughs> yeah, <it's> just... <laughs> yeah, salt and vinegar. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you got this love of the organ from all these rock bands and Jan Ackerman and everything, yeah. and then you love Jimmy Smith and everything. So then you put this organ-based group together. Yeah, and Darren Tony Hyde Williams' Lifetime, Dan. of course, you know, with Larry Tony Young. Tony Williams' Lifetime, what a, yeah. what a band, you know. 
definitely. So, um, and, um, so who's on in this on this recording then? So it's There's Darren Heinrich Toby on the Hall, organ, is it? Uh, Toby Hall mm-hmm. on drums, on drums, and yeah. Spike Mason on saxophone. Great. So, what's the tune called? So this one's called Shifton. You know, in the tradi- tradition, it's an original composition. Original composition. Yeah, this is. I call this one my my HSC exam hit. This one, <laughs> okay. because a few musicians have contacted me to say, "Can you send me charts?" One of my students wants to do your song for his HSC. Oh, very which good. Which is the le- okay. yeah, the leaving certificate for high school. So yeah, um, so right. So this is Jeremy Sorkin's uh, with his fantastic tune "Shifting."
Okay, that was uh, Jeremy Sawkins with Shift in there. Fantastic, um, fairly traditional type of organ quartet there. I really, really enjoy that a lot. It's a great vibe, isn't it? Yeah. Every every guitarist loves loves to play with an organ for sure. Oh yeah, it's an amazing so, blend, isn't it? Because they they occupy yeah. a sort of similar area frequency yeah. frequency wise, but uh, you know the organs. That's true, isn't it? it when is. when you stop. When when you when the guitar is playing a solo, the organ's got this particular sound. But then when you stop playing your solo and the organ takes over to solo, the sound of your guitar or my guitar doesn't feel drastically different to the sound of the organ, yeah. does it? Yeah, they're very complimentary. The, the whole feeling of it. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's just a, that the guitar is a little thing. bit more glossy. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, wonderful, wonderful aspect of music. So anyway, it's about time to um, to finish up. So um, it's been very interesting talking to you, Jeremy. It's great fun. Thanks, Carl. As always. Yeah, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening to this podcast with my good friend Jeremy. Um, so uh, until next time, goodbye. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For lessons, resources, and free stuff to take your guitar playing to the next level, visit www.fretdojo.com.